motherfucker that only sleeps too It doesn't matter just what I do The more you wash up in the farther away it gets And I'm spending all my time thinking about this And now I'm writing it down Cause I'm hoping it'll stick Welcome to They Them There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it My name is Joe, I use any and all pronouns And my name is Rain, I use they them pronouns Hi Rain Hi, Joe. What's up? We're back. We're back. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Another entire month has gone by. A yes, one hundred percent. A whole full juicy month. Uh huh. Not not just a couple of days. No, no. That'd be re- that'd be crazy and ridiculous. That's almost like that's almost like the downside of like when we get a squeaker in, we like record late in the month, and then we're like, we should get a head start next month. Oh wait, nothing has happened. What do we talk Oops. about? <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah, I haven't even had any particularly Oops, no genders to pass off as real experiences. <laughs> Oops, no gender. I had one thing happen that you won't let me talk about, but it has nothing to do with gender, so it's fine. It has nothing to do with gender, and you already talked about it on the last episode I for think, longer than I think I cut alive. it out. I don't remember. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> okay, I, I left some of it in. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice try. I th- here's the thing. I definitely le- cut a lot of it out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay two dollars to the Patreon to hear all the all the good goofsters man's jokes. <laughs> to listen to Joe talk about the Joker movie for like way too long without seeing so- it, and now that I have seen it, I am not gonna talk about it. Oh, so you have seen it? Oh yeah, opening night. Oh, okay. I thought. Okay, just give me just give me a, a number. Just rate it. A number? What did I give it on Letterboxd? I think I gave it like three out of five, which is higher than that's, a lot of people. I'll be real. That's more than half. Maybe I'd... I mean, my my math ain't good, but that's more than a 50% good. The thing is, the script is bad. There is a lot of bad jokes and bad dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is a phenomenal actor, but that's also like saying mm-hmm. that water is wet. <laughs> so... <laughs> And uh, I don't know. Just watch King of Comedy instead. <laughs> How many days out of them? Um, I mean zero days for sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean, less than John Wick. Yes. Oh yeah. Ab- less, less than John Wick. Absolutely. Movie. Which, for the record, I hadn't seen the last time we recorded, and then I watched it like the next night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they just referred to them as the abdicator. Yeah. No days. No. No days. It would have been. It's no so days. easy. It's 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 almost the default like go to pronoun when you're not sure. I really just want like an image of John Wick with a gun that just says just say the damn pronouns. Surely there is one. There, sure. there, there must be. There already exists one of like every other anime character I don't mm-hmm. know. So there ha- there has to be one of John Wick. Either either say the damn pronouns or shut the fuck up, turf. <laughs> either is fine with me. Yeah. It's it's a couple days into October, so there have been some good Inktober posts, and the reason I think about that and bring it up is because a friend of mine did do a Furby with a b- banner that says fuck turfs, so I will be <laughs> sharing that with all of you in the show notes. That's great. Just just so you can enjoy the, the Furby saying fuck turfs. The anti-turf Furby is the only kind of Furby that I can fuck with. Mm-hmm. You don't, for, you don't, you don't, frankly, you don't like they're furbs? very scary. They're oh. very scary. You don't like the really long s- ones? <laughs> the really long furbies? <laughs> no, it's just like more more square inches of fear. Uh-huh. I don't I don't need that in my life. I never had one as a kid. I probably here's the thing. I love looking at pictures of the fuckers, but I don't want to own <laughs> one. 
<laughs> I don't want to look at pictures of them. I don't want to own one. I've I've had like I have an experience of someone bringing one into the work the workspace oh, the workplace. That seems like a violation like, of trust. I mean, I it was weird. I got a time hop like photo of it uh maybe like a week or two ago and it was like ah remember four years ago when someone brought like a possessed furby into the workspace and you just had to look at that all day how do you know it was possessed uh the voice oh was it blinking i mean yes okay well they are they are supposed to do that right that i was gonna say that doesn't like a blinking furby doesn't really let me know it's possessed Yeah, this is like it's blinking but the batteries are dead I, that doesn't stop them. You know that, right? <laughs> they are the they are driven. More... They are driven by a force unknown to nature. Like I, whatever, whatever lets birds know what direction to go also powers Furbies because mm-hmm. they they just keep going. It's magnets or something. It's magnets in the earth that keep them going. Yeah, magnets. They, do, they don't. They don't need batteries. The batteries are just an afterthought to keep like human children placated. Uh huh. Because if you didn't say it it needed batteries, then people would wonder why it blinked. Yeah, they'd be like, that's weird. How do they do that? But the kids never realized that they never replaced the batteries. They just said batteries are included. It's all a conspiracy. Big Furb is out there and get, trying to get you <laughs> with their blinking robot demons. <laughs> there was a, a couple of years ago, there was a Tattletale video game that like uh, really profited off of how creepy Furbies are. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, what was it called? Something. Tattletale. Oh, yeah, you just said that. For some reason, I thought you said the Telltale game Tattletale. Oh. My, my, my brain is skipping. What if, what if they did adapt that, though? <laughs> Obviously, now I don't want that to happen, because the company is really bad. But mm. if, if, if in the before times, uh, if I, <laughs> I, I might have wished for such a thing. I'm still I'm still laughing about big furb, sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Gender? Anyways. Gender. How's that gender bender? How's that gender been? Have I had any gender in the last few days? Not really. It's uh I mean it is starting to get chillier here, so that mm-hmm. is nice. Um I am it is. I have been breaking out the sweaters. <laughs> I am become sweater. Yeah, I am become sweater. You t- you you I don't remember if you no, I don't have you on Snapchat. You must have posted on Instagram that you got that sweater. I've, yeah, I got... I've, I've seen the I've, good yellow I've been, one. <laughs> I've been waiting for them to get this mustard sweater at Target in in my size. And I just kept going back. They kept not having it. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is because of all the trans mask people buying up the sweaters as soon as they come out at mm-hmm. the Target. That's my personal theory. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, but getting back into hat season, which is always nice, can just jam all my hair up into a hat for mm-hmm. the next four months. You see, it's always hat season in my household, but it has it is shifting from like specifically some hats to like all hats. Like now, I can wear beanies again. Yeah, I guess I meant specifically beanie season. Mm-hmm. Beanie season because it all 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 days are hat days. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with beanie baby season, which is completely different. Completely different. <laughs> don't mix those up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, don't mix those up. All you will do is make a fool of yourself. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the the they mixing up beanie baby season with beanie hat season. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> happened to all of us. You hate to see it. What if I also got the the yellow sweater 
and then I wore it with my yellow pants, and that's just how we dressed when we went to events at the same time. <laughs> we just, like, had a, a uniform to match. Well, you just look like bananas in pajamas. But without the pajamas. <laughs> right, we just look like bananas. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. It's not the worst idea we've had. Mm-hmm. We've definitely had worse ideas. Surely. Surely we must have. Surely we must have. <laughs> please, please let us have had worse ideas. Mm-hmm. If we did, I'm they might have been on them. the Patreon feed, though. Definitely. So that definitely. might be why I don't remember. <laughs> Once it goes in the Patreon feed, it's wiped from I human memory. I block it out, yeah. It's, it's gone. Straight in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. The dumpster of my mind. <laughs> Should we talk about that news article that you found? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I did my, my research for this episode, which concluded of searching non-binary and Google and hitting the news tab. And then when I didn't find anything, I put a dash between non and binary. And then I found what I was looking for. <laughs> which is to say, a article. From Columbia Journalism Review, it's, uh, it, was, it came out six days ago, very end of September, and uh, it's called Five Tips for Journalists on Covering Trans and Non-Binary People, and I was like, I gotta read that to make sure it's good. <laughs> so, uh, right. I did, and it is good. It's written by a trans person, Lewis Raven Wallace, uh, who I also have learned uh, has a book and a podcast of the same name about journalism, so I'm uh, stoked to listen to that. Maybe I'll be able to chat about it on a later episode if i if i do but um this article's good it'll be linked uh, below in the show notes i just think it's some really good pointers and i like it does it doesn't really pull any punches either <laughs> it's good even uh like in regards not just for journalists just like learning about how to talk about trans and gender nonconforming people yes because i think a lot of a lot of the stuff that this article deals with like it is tr- i think it's true in journalism and like the, the frame of journalism makes sense for some of these talking points but i think just yes. in general I, I think like handing this to to any cis person i think could be to be valuable uh i mean number two is try googling it so <laughs> but i think my favorite one we'll, we'll probably talk about this in, in depth but the first one is just 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 like just use the pronouns just just use the damn pronouns. Yeah, and it actually talks about the the coverage of uh of like Sam Smith recently coming out with uh, mm-hmm. they them pronouns. But uh the third one that I I I uh I liked a lot was beware of false balance. Uh many many journalists have been taught that a fair story gives airtime to opposing viewpoints in order to find an impartial middle ground. This approach to reporting quickly falls apart when it's applied to historically oppressed groups of people. And that seems like it should be so obvious. Right. But it's not. <laughs> yeah it's there are certain certain ideas and certain voices that just you don't need to give any platform to because it's the same nasty points that have been made over and over again against like a historically oppressed group yeah people and like cis journalists are more likely to to do that vetting to trans people than they are to like I don't know. You know how many, like, Trump supporter pieces I've seen from, like, just curious people, quote-unquote, on the left? And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Right. For real. Like, what? Why? Why Why this? Yeah. Why are you doing it? Why this? 
Yeah. So the first one is get get over the pronoun hump. Do it now. Just get over it. I love that this talks about the authors talking about coming out as genderqueer in 1999. <laughs> did you did you see that hot mess on Twitter recently where someone was claiming that they invented the concept and term genderqueer in 2015? No. And I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, I'm laughing because, no, that person did not invent the concept or term in 2015. These are both things that had, have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even gonna, like, say the, the person's uh, Twitter handle or anything like that, because I don't want to give airtime to something... I don't want anyone like going and investigating it because I promise it is just a headache factory of a post. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not worth it. I love to poke a good bee's nest when I have no fingers at stake. Sorry, that metaphor got away from me. I mean, <laughs> but I followed it, so it's okay. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Protect bees. Well, I, anyway, I'm just reminded of just... the Dimitri Martin bit where he's like. I don't understand the phrase of I wouldn't poke that with a 10 foot pole because I don't know what matters what's in your other hand if you're poking something. And that's just, <laughs> just a good angle of thinking about. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I freaking love Dimitri Martin's humor. Mm-hmm. I love, I love those jokes. Um, anyway. Yeah, it was, it was a hot mess. Um, and just like really, really toxic of a person to be like, I invented this. I popularized it. In 2015, like I, I even came out as genderqueer before 2015. Like it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a term I was familiar it's... with when I was like, it was it was a term I used early on when I was trying to figure out gender and like it would have been 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been around since I don't even know. God, how, at least how 99 based on my research today. Uh, it, I think it's been around since like the 1930s or something. Oh, wow. It was like one of the. One of the first, like, written uses of it, I believe. But definitely not 2015. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely not that. Definitely not that. That's, yeah, that's, oof, oof. Don't, oof. don't got an exact number, but I sure do know that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, so let's see. Moving on. Boop, 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 boop. Number two on the list. Yep, try Googling it. That's, uh... For those of you who like want to get extra spicy at people too, if they're being annoying, there's always the classic "Let me Google that for you," which is one of my favorite websites because mm-hmm. you can just send a link to someone and it sends them a nice little like, not even a video. What do you call it? It just like it passive aggressively Google's the thing for you mm-hmm. on your browser window. Yeah. It's hilarious. But yeah, if you're not if you're not sure about something. Do a hot goog. Mm-hmm. Google it up. Or use, uh, what is it? Duck, duck, duck. Duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go. The one that, does, that. The one that doesn't track any of your information. <laughs> use, the, use that. But yeah, I do like to just point out uh, under point two that uh, definitions and terms can change quickly or like, and, um, and I haven't read this whole thing, so I'm, I wonder, but uh, there's also like some people will use terms that like some other people don't. Like, um, I, I see that especially mm-hmm. in different age groups, but, but yeah, consensus is hard to find, but at least do some work. Yeah. And it also it's, 
I don't know. I've definitely uh, had times where like I've looked something up for the first time and found myself like reading a side that I at first agreed with. And then like later after reading more about it Mm -hmm. from people who whose opinions I trusted more than like the initial first take. It's just I've you know you change your mind about things or you become more educated. You learn more about things. Beware the false balance. Yeah, it sounds like like uh, wizard rules. Mm-hmm. Beware of the false balance. That's that's what you hear when you start up a like a quest in the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> you have to stab like three people. Uh huh. But you only have one knife, and it's a one use only knife. Okay. Solve my knife puzzle. <laughs> um, I use the duplication glitch to get three knives. Ooh, all right. That is an acceptable solve. I've broken the game. You've, you've solved my knife riddle. Mm-hmm. You've cracked it. My knife code. <laughs> my knife code! <laughs> I also would have accepted the answer of... um. Stabbing all three people at once. Uh-huh. Like a, like a very big shish kebab. Yeah, like you make them hug uh-huh. and then get them. Uh, yeah, then, then that requires additional information. How long is the knife? I don't know. You didn't ask. I didn't ask, but I should have. Your, your exits are north, south, and east. <laughs> there, there, there's a knife of undeterminable length to the right of you. <laughs> How can you not determine the length? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's dark in the room. Fair enough. How did we get here? I don't know. I went down a... I, like, opened a door. It was dark. There was a knife of indeterminable length. And mm-hmm. I just walked in. I, it it all started me. because I did a silly voice when I said, beware of false balance. <laughs> what's... All right. What's number three of a five-point a five list? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's put this knife away. Um, However long it four, is. Re- <laughs> respect... Trans people's trauma and distrust. This is this this is something that we've said many a time, which is just believe people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to people. Again, listen seems people. obvious. Listen to people. I mean, I I get it that like obviously at a certain point there are people who are gonna lie about stuff and people who are gonna just be talking a bunch of nonsense. Um, but. If you are wondering about something, it helps to get a first-person perspective mm-hmm. rather than a reporter who doesn't necessarily share the same perspective or something like that. Yeah, and like um, this, this points out, uh, we, have, we have also been systematically excluded from the field of journalism, unable to serve as the tellers of our own community stories, which is, I mean, you could swap out journalism with just about any piece of media and it still pretty much holds up. Right. Well, like the um the article that we talked about in the last episode that was about the sports uniforms. Mm-hmm. Like I I appreciate and value that article a thousand times more because it was written by a non-binary athlete talking about what non-binary athletes are going through. Absolutely. Rather than a cis reporter telling a story about this situation, like I don't know, just the people who are actually experiencing the situation, it's better to listen to them than someone mm-hmm. repackaging their story yeah absolutely which was an experience i was like kind of prepared to have reading this and then i was happy that it was good and then extra happy that it was written by a trans person 
Yeah, like if you're if you're reading about a trans subject, find a trans author. Mm-hmm. Non-binary subject, find a non-binary author. But that's like, I mean, again, it seems like it should be obvious or common sense, but it's not. I don't know. And here we are. If only Scarlett Johansson would stop writing think pieces about being non-binary. <laughs> uh, there's just, there's better journalism out there, mm-hmm. folks. <laughs> Old ScarJo trying to do anything for clicks. <laughs> Doing it for the clout. Mm-hmm. The, the fifth one here uh, says there's no such thing as the trans thought police. And uh, it goes on to describe that uh, trans non-binary people have been stereotyped as tragic or villainous or brave or confused or deceitful uh, and difficult, among other things. And that archetype hits particularly close to home for them. And the thought police imagery is particularly hot right now in conservative media. And uh, even on the left, there's perception among some cisgender journalists that trans people are not letting them write stories without jumping all over their language or calling them transphobic. Um, which I think, yeah, it breaks down to like, they're just because someone's asking you to, to like for basic human rights is not a, yeah. a, an act of policing. I feel like every, every like marginalized and oppressed group has a like set of adjectives that's like just been placed on them. Like the stereotype of like the angry black woman, mm-hmm. for example, just like, because people have spent so long being like, having a thumb on them that when they ask for basic respect and human decency and understanding, people are just like, wow, why are you so fucking angry all the time? It's like, well, cause I got to deal with that. got to deal with yeah. constant racism and oppression, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's just like one, one example. Um, but yeah, in regards to like trans people and non-binary people, I know that like there have been times where people did not want to, have me around because they were like oh rain they, they've said stuff along the lines of like rain's not gonna like let us make jokes or not you know do- doesn't appreciate like this kind of humor and it's just like well you guys are saying that but it's because your, your jokes are super sexist or transphobic or something like uh-huh. that so it's just like now to, br- <laughs> now to bring up the joker <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Do you have a real point? I if do. You do. I'll let you do. I, I do okay. actually because uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the things about that movie that I think could have been effective in their own context were completely soured by uh, writer director Todd Phillips talking about how like he left comedy because people weren't allowed like he he wasn't he was getting police on what jokes he couldn't couldn't tell. Was he maybe telling jokes about things? Yeah. That yeah. He didn't need to be telling jokes about. Yeah. Or didn't have have you, any... I mean, have you seen the Hangover films? <laughs> Oh, he did those? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that those, makes sense. He did that. He did Starsky and Hutch. Um, I don't know if he wrote it, but he directed it. Um, but anyways, yeah, the Joker film. Uh, <laughs> one, there is uh, a lot of... There's a lot of bad jokes that are kind of just, like, included in the sidelines because there are stand-up comics in the film. Mm-hmm. And there's a character uh, who has dwarfism in the film who constantly gets very... Uh, gross jokes thrown at them or, or insults and what's and then the, the thing is at the end of the movie he gives this big speech about like how people decide what is and isn't funny um and what mm-hmm. isn't isn't acceptable which like yeah, yeah all right you're painting a tragic character who has been abused and um has mental illness and it's like 
one, they're not the people to tell these stories. Two, this is a terrible way to, to even use that context. And three, it's like doubly soured by all the shit. Like Todd Phillips has like been mad at people for telling him what is and isn't funny when he's telling like gross, awful jokes. Right. And it's like, trust me, you can, you like, you can be funny without <laughs> like being mean to people. The funniest thing in Joker is when he like it's it's a one single shot uh of like him behind a fence and he like mm-hmm. lowers himself and then he comes back up with a clown nose on and it fucking destroyed me because it's just <laughs> meaningless physical comedy. Hell yeah. And it's like, that's the funniest thing in your shitty movie that, like, makes fun <laughs> of marginalized people. Right. It's just about, I don't know, stuff like that, to, like, to me, my, uh, my partner Jacob and I have conversations about this all the time because he, he loves comedy. We watch comedy together, and we, it's just something that we like to have conversations about. But um, it's about, like, punching up versus punching down in comedy. This is such a small portion of a much larger and deeper conversation mm-hmm. that has roots in a lot of yards. It's got a lot of p- fingers and a lot of pies. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a spider web. We live in a society. It's all we do. <laughs> we do. Um, he doesn't say that in the movie, but he does say it's he, there's this big rant at the end where it's like, this is what happens when you put like X and Y in a, in a system that doesn't support them. But that's, that's what the script says, but he ad-libbed society instead of system. And it's like, <laughs> how online are you, Joaquin? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's oh he's jacked in. Yeah, there's also a lot of scenes of him uh, dancing in his underwear. So that's also, uh, that's, that's really why oh, I got the R <laughs> rating. Well, I mean, Spider-Man 3 was a great film, mm-hmm. so we, we know what works. Yeah. That, I mean, I wish this movie was as good as Spider-Man 3. God damn it, Joe. That movie's good! <laughs> I love Spider-Man 3 so much. Uh, so what else is up with gender? I... Oh, you know what? I do have something. You got something. I do. I do have a thing. Tell me about it. Uh, friend of the show. Just kidding. GC2B, Transitional Apparel. Um, they're really great binder company. Mm-hmm. They just came out with... A Racerback binder. Um... Which, for those of you who don't know, just means that the back of the binder is less like a tank top. It's more of like an X shape. So the binder won't show like through a tank top as much or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Google Google or DuckDuckGo Racerback. Yeah. If you're I'll, uh, I'll put unfamiliar a, with the shape. I'll put a link in the show notes to GC2B's binder uh, that is Racerback. Yeah. But yeah, I dig it. I don't. I th- I think that's very exciting because personally, tank tops are my dysphoria busters. I love wearing a good tank top, mm-hmm. and some of them that have a more air quotes feminine cut, um, they kind of scoop in towards the shoulder blades a bit more, and sometimes my binder is visible. Which like sometimes I don't care at all, but yeah. like I don't know. Sometimes it's I, I don't love it. I yeah I know the feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I I might be picking up one of these. I I definitely plan to when I've got a little more yeah. uh binder money in the bank because mm-hmm. I only have one and I definitely feel like I need to have more than one like mm-hmm. personally. Oh, there's a because mine gets mine gets nasty at work. Yeah, 
There's a... It's nothing, nothing like a binder full of sawdust. Yeah, and they've got it you. in... It looks like six different tones. They're just such a good company. I just love them a lot. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a link to all the razor bangs. And yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like six. We've got uh five nude tones and then the solid black one. Um, ooh, ooh. That's what I have. Yeah, the, the, the binder from them that I have is solid black. And $43 for a binder is, I think, very affordable. I think that's like a really good price because it's absolutely total quality. Oh, yeah, their, their quality is great. They're they're really good. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't if you do your sizing right, they do not hurt. They feel really good. They're very breathable. Mm-hmm. And 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 they're also like their support team and their FAQ on sizing is like really really good. So it's very easy to, like to 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 find the one that's right for you. Mm-hmm. And they've got a UK EU international store too, which is good for those of our they them. Friends and fans in not America. Definitely include a link to their Racerbacks page in the notes below. Um, mm-hmm. That's neat. I'm excited to, to pick one up myself at some point. Probably after I do all my bullshit traveling this month. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I've had the one I own now for like a year. Hmm. My binderversary. I need to look up when mine is and celebrate that. I don't have like, I don't have a clue, but it probably it's roughly fall last year. I think I I think I probably will get like a time hop of it one day or I could find it on Twitter cuz I definitely like cried a bunch and posted pictures. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. That's Ugh. wholesome. Have we ever mentioned on the show please do not ever bind with ace bandages? Oh, have we ever said that? We haven't, but I, it's very true. Yeah, just let's just drop a little note, a little mention. Mm. I know, I know that dysphoria sucks, but let me say that jacking up your body by binding with ace bandages is not good. It's, so please yeah, don't do that. It's, I, I, it's very. I have known people who cannot properly bind now because they did that when they were younger. Yes, I think, and it's. I, I mean, I definitely tried to do it when I was younger too, and did it like once or twice. Um. Before someone was like, hey, that's actually super bad for you. Um, so just in case you haven't heard that, here you go. Passing on the word. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't do a bind with an ace bandage. Yeah, save up. Uh, there's a lot of resources online that like uh, sell secondhand stuff or just support younger, less fortunate trans people in general. So it, if, if you're having dysphoria to the point where you're like, you don't have the money for a binder and you feel the need to bind drop a message to us or in the discord or something and we can try and hook you up with a, a secondhand binder or a you know send you links to giveaways or something like that yeah whenever um, whenever i see a giveaway on twitter or something i paste it in the discord right away yes yeah and yeah then there's a lot of stuff out there that helps people pay for things just like nonprofits and and whatnot but um yeah being comfortable with your body and yourself is important, but so not jacking up your body <laughs> is also super important. Safety also good though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's I just a good imagined call us out. in light. Since we haven't brought it up. <laughs> like, it's like Dayglow's safety bright orange binders <laughs> and like holding traffic cones. Binding safety one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Don't use a Spanish yeah. or duct tape. Don't do that. I've never even heard that. Let's hope no one else has. Oof. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm just thinking thinking about that picture. 
of the dude duct taped to the ceiling <laughs> in and that the gaming looks, that's yes <laughs> oh my god oh god fuck sorry <laughs> that's such that photo just it's like really intense energy yeah it's very powerful we should recreate it at the extra life oh my god for real just duct tape you up to your own ceiling mm -hmm. it's just like you with a guitar hero guitar. yes <laughs> and then just like a bunch of people like uh like out of focus like cryptids behind you in the background mm -hmm. we'll make it happen someone someone holding a bag of doritos and some baja blast mm -hmm. so fuel them fuel them <laughs> unite the six um how should we transition to beware the gender <laughs> wait no what was what was the thing beware the what imbalance uh beware the false balance the false balance beware <laughs> how do we transition to an interview we haven't done yet hey everybody joe here just a real quick edit happening we're about to switch over to an interview for the rest of this episode uh right after you listen to a promo for another show on the lovely orange ghost network but first i wanted to let you know that we opened up recently a store on the orangeghost.com if you go to the orangeghost.com slash shop uh there's not much there it's kind of a, a very soft launch or just a few sticker designs but that does include the logo for this show if you want to get a cute little circle that says they them theirs uh you can you can go do that it's three bucks uh so i'm just letting you know because we didn't they they didn't exist when we recorded this episode but now they do anyways here's that promo hi i'm theo and this is lgb time machine an lgbtq plus history podcast in each episode i'll research and then discuss a topic or time period or person that's relevant to lgbtq plus history and hopefully this will encourage more people to look into our history so far i've done a broad overview of the persecution of lgbtq plus folks in the u.s talked about the homophile movement the lavender scare lgbtq plus bars and looked at some of the riots and events leading up to and including stonewall Tune in to the Orange Groves Network to learn some cool facts about LGBTQ plus history that you might not have known before. Welcome to They, Them, There's episode 10, part 2. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Rain, I use they, them pronouns. And my name is Kaylee slash to Kaylee slash Salem Massacre, and I use she, her pronouns when I'm in drag, and they, them when I'm in drag, and they, them out of drag. Well, there you go. <laughs> that was a lot, sorry. That, no, that's, that, don't apologize. <laughs> I always, like, when I do our podcast intros, it's the same thing, and I'm like, that's, that's just a lot. No, that's... <laughs> That's, that's everything a person would want to know yeah. when they're being introduced to you. Yeah, right. That's very thorough. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right, so I'm very excited to have you here. Yes. Our first, Our first interview, this is something that we talked about doing uh, way back when we started the show. This was one of our, like eventual goals this is so exciting we're all in the same room together yeah. well, I get to perfect also being in like grand rapids like mm -hmm. we're all i'm assuming you're grand rapids yeah. as well yeah adjacent yeah 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 so well that yeah perfect because when i saw you post on facebook i was like oh well uh, grand rapids that's easy you know yeah. i knew that we had a an interesting community of non-binary people already yeah. in Grand Rapids. Like, I could think of, like, 10 people off the bat who I would want to talk to uh, about totally different subjects, right. uh, topics, and things like that. 
um, people who are all non-binary that like happen to live close enough that if we wanted to, we could all get together yeah. and record. Um, so yeah, assuming that this conversation doesn't burn the house down, this will be the first <laughs> of uh, yeah, <laughs> many conversations. So, well, that's cool though. I didn't know I was the first interview. So yeah. Wow. This is, and this is the first time I've ever interviewed someone else. So oh, okay. If I well. uh, accidentally summon something or, yes. you know, again, if the house burns down. <laughs> I'll be prepared. <laughs> yeah, you've been warned. Yes. All right, so I was going through your website, and you've got a really long uh, list of accreditations. Oh, my CV. Yeah, yeah you've done uh, so much. Yeah, it's um, long. It's long. So you're the co-founder of, uh, do you say NSFW Fest, yeah. not Safe for Work Fest, or how do you Yeah, we just it? sum it up as NSFW Fest. In fact, I'm wearing my NSFW Fest tee today. Oh, fabulous. Yes. Um, also co-founder of Art is a Drag Productions. Yes. And a co-host of the Art is a Drag podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same hat. Waving at each other yes. on same sides of the table. So you uh, introduce yourself a little bit for our listeners if you want to talk yes. about some of the things you do. Yeah. So I co-founded, co-founded um, NSFW Fest with Tegan um, at Nice and Naughty Granville. And she also runs the Saginaw. I always get the locations mixed up. It's Saginaw or... What's the other one? Saugatuck. I think it's Saginaw. Um, but I co-founded it with her. Basically, I reached out to her like um, in 2018, like in December or something, and asked her if she wanted to do like a drag show in the store or something. And she was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then we just kind of, we kept talking about it. And then it just ended up, oh, it was the cat. <laughs> Um, Doing something. Yeah, so we kept talking about it, and then it just kind of, like, got a little bit bigger than what we originally anticipated, and we are like, well, we can't just do this in the nice and naughty store. It's not big enough, so... So what is the nice and naughty store for unfamiliar listeners? Oh, yes, nice and naughty This is, is why the cord's so long, Joe, yes, so you can uh, stop the cat. Yes, <laughs> from the mischief, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Nice and Naughty is basically a local, it's Grand. It's located in Granville, and then they have one in Saugatuck, but it's a um, like queer and trans-friendly uh, sex store, um, but they do classes, they do BDSM classes, and um, they're just great all around, so it's an, it's an adult uh, novelties store, okay. but um, yeah, they're I, I I love it. It's great. It's awesome. um, and Tegan is amazing. Yeah, and they um, as part of NSFW Fest, we've been trying to put on cool events and stuff. So we just um, a week ago did a like uh, a panel about sex work, and we had a bunch of local sex workers talk about their experience. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so we're trying to be um, create inclusive events and things like that, bring awareness to sex workers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I do NSFW Fest, and so I'm the co-founder, and we uh, and the artist and performance manager. So it's <laughs> the long title again, um, but we did one, our first one. Yes. Oh, so soft. Um, in the studio. <laughs> we did the first one um, in February, and then uh, we sold that one out, which was Congratulations. great. Yes, thank you, because we did not know if that was going to happen. 
we did that one in February and sold that one out. So then we were like, okay, let's do it. We can. We think we can do this twice a year because mm -hmm. um, it seems like there's a market for it in West Michigan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so then we uh, decided to do the August one, and we got um, about four times the size of the first one. Wow. And we sold that one out. Yes, thank you. That's that amazing. One, yeah, that one was at the Pyramid Scheme, and that one was just in August. So it... Yeah, it's nice to see it um, expand a little bit slowly yeah, but surely. So we've got a couple things in the works for the next one. I'm kind of hush hush about, but All right, yeah, cool. but I'm I'm really excited about that. So, awesome. um, yeah, that was that was long, but basically I do NSFW Fest, and I also like produce drag shows. So that's Artists of Drag Productions, and then with my twin that we do that. Um, which you worked with, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, and then we do a podcast together, also called Art as a Drag. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I yeah. love, I love the piece you did Thank for you. Art as a Drag, like the, the cover and image. The cover, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also the cover image for the podcast. Um, and we'll put a link to your website and like Sweet. a couple key photos yeah, in yeah, our yeah. show notes and anything mm -hmm. else you want to link. Perfect. Um, oh man, there's so many really good pieces. Yeah, thank you. I know, and I like. When we decided we were going to do the podcast, we, like, just, you know, cropped it down to a square. And then um, we had a bunch of friends that were like, we love how you keep, like, recycling the image. Like, because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get everything out of that image yeah, as I can. You know, absolutely. just, like, chop it into this, make it into that. Like, It's a yeah. really great piece. Yeah, thank you. I, I like how it turned out. So <laughs> Super good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so there was a quote on your website that I wanted to talk about. Yes. We examine drag makeup as a fine art practice to understand the intersections of persona, self-portraiture, and transformation. I think that's such a great sentence. It's like mm -hmm. super strong and it like absolutely covers every like circle on the Venn diagram yeah. of your work. And so I just wanted to talk about, was there something that you felt like came first? Was it sort of like a, a makeup and the gender, chicken and the egg mm -hmm. situation? Did you find yourself... Uh, exploring gender nonconformity through makeup or was makeup a window to that? I just wanted to talk about sort of how you how you started out. Yeah. Well, at first, so when I was going to GVSU, um, I, like, I was starting to, like, get into drag because they have, like, the amateur shows on campus. Um, and so I started going to those, and that's how I met Ginger, um, Ginger Ambrosia and um, she became like my drag sister and kind of showed me the ways but basically at that time like I was trying to figure out like I knew I was like I like femininity but I don't like I'm not comfortable with like you know putting on a dress obviously that's not feminine you know what I mean but right, right, right. Um, I wasn't completely comfortable with like you know I want to wear an all pink outfit like but I don't want to do that like I think that's for drag you know mm -hmm. so I started doing drag and at first I like identified as a bio queen which is kind of it's not derogatory in the drag community but it's kind of like a lot of people now just go by drag queen it's not like we don't really like to have a separation for like bio queens and like drag queens it's just kind of like lumped together um so a lot of people don't use bio queen anymore basically it's just like afab queen oh, okay. you know um but i yeah started going as a bio queen 
and you know still felt like I was like a woman I guess and then um eventually I learned about like non being by non-binary excuse me and um felt like that was me out of drag and then Salem Massacre was you know was the more feminine side of me um so it kind of came after I started doing drag okay yeah interesting Mm -hmm. and now it's just kind of like I feel like um, if I'm in drag and I have a wig on, basically, like, that's Salem. But if I'm in drag but I don't have a wig on, like, if I just have my colored buzz cut or whatever, like, that's Decaylee. So it's, like, these weird separations, and I probably have way too many, like, characters and, like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's the same sort of thing people do with, not to necessarily compare, like, drag artistry to personas, but just, like exploring different aspects of yourself or aspects of your character and personality yeah. through different lenses of sonas and things like yeah. that. Um, which, yeah, I was, I was like trying to figure out, uh, I found at least, I think three different characters that you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you, I was wondering if you wanted to maybe talk about a couple of your different characters for us. Yeah. So I, I basically, um, through drag makeup, like when I first started the artist drag series, I started like, I started kind of processing, like inventing characters through makeup basically and building it up on my face, but then like drawing out character sheets and shit for them. Um, so there's like, G. Willikers, who's like a weird, funny magician. That's the one with like the curly mustache. Yes, okay. Um, like there's... the Waluigi esque. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lavender. Yeah, yeah I love the um, the color um, palette on that character. Oh, that was like I think out of all the artist drag pieces, I think that was like the first one that I felt like like this is what I'm trying to achieve. You know what I mean? Trying to achieve with what specifically? Like, with, like drag artistry? Or yeah, this? like, okay. in, in the series. Because I would, like, that summer, because that was technically, I think, 2016, because 2017 is when we debuted the the art show um, at GVSU. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2016, in that summer, we were, like, starting to do the pieces. Um, and they just weren't turning out quite the way I wanted them to. And then that one, which was in November, I think that one, or it was October or November of 2016. Like that was the first one that was like, yes, like this is, this is the goal of art as a drag. This is what I'm doing. And it it felt like the most, I guess, piece that felt the most illustrative because mm. that's kind of the combination I was trying to do was like drag makeup but kind of making it look like a drawing on my face and that was the first one that did that so okay yeah awesome um yeah dude could you talk about Salem Massacre a little bit oh yes yeah oh, where are my manners yes of course <laughs> um so Salem Massacre is my um drag character that I have a whole backstory for so basically she was um it was Kaylee um, in the Salem witch trials, and Kaylee was burnt at the stake um, for practicing witchcraft on August 9th, I think it's 1690, God, what's the date? 1693, I think. Mm-hmm. And then 303 years later, on August 9th, 1995, which is my birthday. Um, to the day! Yeah, to the day! What are the odds? Yes, and I wanted it to be silly, too, because, like, well, 1693 is when the witch trials happened, Mm -hmm. but 
I was like, okay, well, I want it to be my birthday when she's, like, brought back to life. <laughs> Looks so, at, like, smudged writing on hand. The Salem Witch Trials in, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, um, I guess it's gonna be 303 years, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the time in witch movies, that, it's, like, I mean, 300 years, 303 you know? is, like, pretty spooky, but you yeah. hit the snooze once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 303 years later on my birthday... Um, Bika Lovelace, who is my other drag friend, um, she is like, she's uh, in her master's program actually for like science and stuff. I thought you were going to say master's of drag and I was going to freak out. I I wish. That's amazing. (laughs) I wish. I wish I could study that. I'm I'm sure there is a program somewhere, but um, yeah, so she's in Bloomington um, doing her master's programs, but she did like cell molecular biology at GV, so she's smart. Um, <laughs> she's doing a dual master's program. I'm getting off topic. She's dual fisting. <laughs> ah! Oh program. my That's god, amazing. yeah. One master's, one master's, yeah. Gee, your mom lets you have two master's. Oh, ah, yeah. Degrees? Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, you're totally fine. I know Kids I'm. Get diplomas and hot dog buns. Yes, uh, I know. I keep like going off on tangents myself. So, um, but Bika, who's a scientist, um, there's a prophecy. I have to make a comic for it. Yeah, but there's like a prophecy with Salem, and basically there's trolls taking over like the world so they're like oh the prophecy we have to like get a powerful being to like lead the army basically this sounds a lot more dumbed down no this is it's gonna be better it's gonna be better i promise (laughs) extremely invested yeah so basically they take kaylee's ashes and mix it classic and accidentally throw like you know a whole fucking cupboard of you know eye of newt and shit like gets thrown in like the old power puff girls yeah. yes, yes literally just like accidentally like rips a whole cupboard down um into the cauldron you love and to then see it. yeah you do. you do yeah and then it turns into salem massacre so what a bad oh what a backstory i love it so yeah that's I, it took me a while to get that because originally um i have like a mini zine um that i made for gr zine fest like three years ago or something that's like telling her backstory but I'm it's 98 percent sure i have it and it's on the shelf oh me yeah somewhere. probably but yeah it's <laughs> it's basically um it's basically like originally it was like oh she was burnt at the stake but somehow her body was still fine um so then bika like unburies her body and like like a lightning bolt like frankensteins her back to life but i think i like the burnt at the stake the ashes better that feels like more how it should be you know what i mean that feels I like just, more how like like be. any good character you have multiple backstories yeah. so. <laughs> i have them ready in case for yeah. any situation i'm in yeah, yeah you die you get like brought back to life yes. multiple times you get different backstories yes it's great yes i feel like that's the thing about myths is there's multiple different tellings of them. So. That's a good point, actually. I should keep that in Math. mind. Algebra. Algebra. Oh, my grades. God, yes. I talk about that all the time that, yeah, that lady. <laughs> it's so hard to talk about. Look, we all know what we're thinking. Yeah, about. we're like, oh, the math algebra thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that the joke just boils down to I'm making this face because I don't understand. I don't get it, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, all right, so less about uh, gender and persona, but more about the actual doing of the makeup. Yes. Um, what part of the makeup routine is your favorite? Because your pieces oh. 
um, I mean, I guess referring to their, like, their art pieces, mm -hmm. but your, your makeup artistries, they really, like, some of them cover just your whole entire head. Like, right now you've got your, uh, your hair buzzed, which... I'm chucking one up right here. Everyone's seen me do it for the buzzed head uh, column. <laughs> yes. One for the yes. board. Oh, yeah, <laughs> plot on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> everyone to do it. Yes. It just feels nice when you, to do it at least once. Yeah, I definitely recommend everyone do it at least once in their lifetime. See? I mean, I like it. I've had mine now because I feel like a lot of people just like just do it and let it grow out, which is fine, yeah. obviously, but I've kept buzzing mine for, I think, I think this fall, I think it's either two or three years, and I've had my eyebrows shaved for, like, three years, so mm -hmm. I love it. But I, I mean, love it, it. It has to make what you're doing on a frequent basis way easier, too. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, for one, I love the eyebrowless look. Uh-huh. For what? It's very cool. Uh, yes, thank you. And, um... But for makeup, like, not having to glue down my brows, mm -hmm. it is, like, oh, it is so lovely. Because then <laughs> even when you have, in some of the first Art as a Drag pieces, I can't remember how many, but I, for a lot of them, you can kind of see the, like, the brow, like, being glued down. But, yeah, be, just having no hair, it is, like, oh, it just makes everything blend so much better. You look so oh. happy when you say it. Like, I, <laughs> I believe you in my deepest heart of hearts. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. I really do. Um, but, yeah, no, buzz cut. Definitely recommend it. And, yeah, I've been, I've been shaving mine for a couple of years now. And I just recently... Um, started dyeing it because mm -hmm. when I first um, started like buzzing it I didn't like I was dyeing my hair a lot I had a bunch of different colors my hair was really long um, and I didn't see the point when I first um, buzzed it to like to dye it because it's like well it's short it doesn't make any sense that's bullshit it's <laughs> awesome dyeing your buzz cut and I didn't start doing it um, until I uh, started collabing with Brittany Sky, a local hairdresser. Yeah, in, uh, hair witch. She is a hair witch. Hair wizard. Uh, she's incredible. Yeah, so, she's a, like a real master of hair coloring. Yeah, so we do all these like crazy patterns and shit. Like she is nuts. So um, yeah, you've collaborated with a lot of uh, local artists on your looks. I do. I really like doing it. It's That's a really fun. nice. Yeah. So she reached out and we started collabing and then um she's been really busy um recently so we haven't gotten to do a, a like a new look recently um yeah she is which good for her good for her um but i told her i messaged her just like a i don't know maybe a month ago or something but i was like thank you for like asking me to like buzz or to um dye my buzz cut because like i did not think like dying my buzz cut was like I thought it was a waste of time but like you've shown me that like it just makes me feel like more like me I guess That's and awesome. I yeah so now I started doing it um in between dyes so now I did like yellow and pink and I think I want to do orange for the month um but yeah I highly recommend buzzing your hair <laughs> at least once and then dyeing your buzz cut it's, it's wonderful so yeah, nice. sorry, that was off on a really long. No, tangent, I love but, it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, a buzz your head at least once advocate. Yeah, and I Rachel, mean, Rachel just buzzed her hair again. So, and Rachel did it once while in college. So Rachel's on number two. Rachel's your twin. Yes, yes, Rachel's my twin. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, sorry, what was the question? I the think the question was I don't think I don't think I even asked the question. We just started talking about uh, makeup. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. It's fine because that's where we're going anyway. Oh, that's right, because you um, were talking about the having the whole head. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, like, okay. This leads into it. Um, yes. Like, what part <coughs> of me. your makeup routine is your favorite? The makeup routine, or just like, what's your favorite? Thing to do like the only makeup I do anymore is my eyebrows yeah and that's like the only thing I really like doing anymore. yeah yeah and that's so funny to me is like I cannot do like daily makeup like I that is not me and I have hooded eyelids so I just can't <laughs> um I can't work in these conditions um but I like I just oh, I love doing makeup it's it's so much fun um I think my favorite part is like because I always do a drawing, mm -hmm. kind of like a mini face chart. I mean, most people have, like, those Mac face charts or whatever. But, like, those faces are fucking, like, slender and angular and shit. It doesn't look like my face because I'm just, like, a pumpkin. But <laughs> I, like, will just do, like, a, a little small, you know, maybe two inch by two inch, maybe smaller than that. Just a little drawing of, like, from the front um, of my face and just kind of sketch out the idea, what I'm trying to do. And I have, like, a running list on my phone. Like, every time I get an idea, I just type it out on my phone. Um, but I think that my favorite part is probably translating the drawing into the painting. Because when I look at um, the makeup process as, like, a painting process, and I can't, like, I can't really oil paint anymore. It's really mm -hmm. weird um, ever since I started doing drag makeup. So... I look at it as a drawing process and basically building up those layers as like looking at it as a drawing, kind of like colored pencils or something. Um, but I think like just, I look at my face from the front, like obviously you have to look from the sides and stuff, but I like, um, you know, it's kind of like in um, perspective drawing when you're looking at like, you have to do your art stick and do it because <laughs> it's like you're trying to um, look at the distances around you, the perspective, like as a flat plane, even though it's 3D. So you're trying to translate it into like a flat surface, but it's 3D. I kind of do the same thing with my makeup as like looking from afar, like does the illusion or like is is it what I'm trying to do? Like, did the drawing translate on my face, right. I guess? working with, like, the contours of the human face. Yes, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's almost like making my face look like a flat surface in a weird way, like, from the front. So I think that's probably my favorite, is, like, just... Just seeing the differences, the technical differences, I guess, between what my sketch is and what the actual piece looks like. So And your yeah. your formal college training is in illustration, correct? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes, just like you. Just like yeah. Me, yeah. <laughs> just oh wanted to say it for the for people listening. Yes. <laughs> people who don't already have secret background. Yes. Knowledge. Yeah, so I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Studio Art at Grand Valley State, State University with an emphasis in illustration. That's very long. <laughs> I just love that, like, an illustration degree, like, we both have the same yes. the same degree and, like, doing such totally different things. Yeah. And, well, you, uh, and you had a different, because you had, you had Ed. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I had it just when it had flipped over to We had different, different yeah. teachers, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is cool to like, I love seeing like even the people that I graduated with, like seeing where everyone's kind of spread off and like, you know, some people focus on like lettering and some people focus on like murals and like, it's interesting to I just, see that. Yeah, I, I love 
finding someone whose art I find like interesting. Yeah. Even if it's just like like maybe one thing they do, if I don't enjoy like their whole body of work, yeah. and then just like like not even realizing years have gone past and then you're like oh where is their art now yeah and see, seeing like the different things people get into absolutely and it's always like when people find what they enjoy doing yeah. the most that's when it gets really really yeah. good yeah and well when i made that facebook post too which we can talk about if you want to but when i made it i was like realizing like oh yeah i didn't like i didn't really study in college like i didn't study like why all the work that i'm making is influenced by drag like but every single piece of art i did for college was mm -hmm. everything was drag and i never like understood why or like i just like made the work because it just felt so like honest or like i had to do it um like emotionally i guess um, but it's just it's interesting to see like e yeah even influences in in college in your college art so yeah yeah it's interesting yeah um all right one more question about makeup and then we'll go back into the the gender pool yeah um <laughs> do you have any makeup application horror stories oh boy maybe from when you were first starting out any did you glue anything to your face wrong anything did you dye your hands blue for a week yeah I, that's definitely <laughs> happened um I think that one's a rite of passage. You're like, I don't have gloves, but I do have depression yeah, that, <laughs> and hair dye. I feel like that one, yeah, is pretty common, especially if you're dyeing your hair with, like, manic panic. It's like your yes. hands are going to be, like, purple or blue or green for a week. Um, I mean, pink, mostly, like... Pink, which pink is my favorite color. Um, I feel like we like a like a very specific color palette. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the I, my website is like black, pink, and green. Yeah, and your it, website kicks ass. Yeah, and we got we got like we got the same like we like the we same like color palettes. Yeah, things, yeah. Yes. I feel like just spooky people like just we like <laughs> we like the pink and green, but they're like got to be neons basically, and then we like like. Um, purple and yellow. No blue and orange, though. I don't like blue and orange that much. You're, you feel very strong about it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of blue and orange. Get out of here, Sonic! Ah! Sonic! Sonic! No! Get out! <laughs> but Take I your do. shoes! Oh my God! God! Damn it! I love. Yeah, though pink and green though is it's the best. It's really it's good. The best. So um, where was I going with? That? Oh, I horror stories. Horror stories. Colors. Um, horror stories. I feel like for the most part, I've been pretty good about application. I can't really think of like anything in particular, more so like I'll um, wear a slip under my dress or something and then the slip will ride out and my gut is hanging out or something like that. But not, I don't know if necessarily with like makeup. If there's anything in particular other like maybe um, I sculpted when I did that bat piece um, that one I like sculpted a whole I tried to like make a whole prosthetic nose and then I ended up like I spent days making this prosthetic nose <laughs> and then I didn't even end up using it like it was like I'll just paint it on my face <laughs> I guess I'll just make it work so like things like that mostly just wasting my own time mm -hmm. I'm not and that's I love that song I, I do <laughs> I play it yes. very frequently I don't really like I'm not a prosthetic person like I made a life cast of my face 
and I realized like I'm probably not gonna use it because I don't I look at like I said I look at like makeup as a drawing process so I'm looking at how I can like I can make that space look I think especially with the bat piece because like the nose looks like it's like that it's you know a very yeah a very yeah, convincing realistic yeah. 3d looking paint job yeah and that's like that's what I love about makeup is like tra like translating like these volumes on your face into a different shape um so not I don't think anything in particular not anything off the top of my head but no like, horror stories because you're talented uh -huh. trick question <laughs> it's right yeah <laughs> um I mean pink and like red and purple like eyeshadows and paints and stuff like will stain your skin so sometimes like if I do a cut crease then like the next day I've still got like that just a pink line here <laughs> and it looks like my eyebrows sunburned for some reason um but yeah nothing off the top of my head to be honest well good yes good for you yeah I've never like glued my eyelids open <laughs> or anything like that so yeah um so I think we touched on it a little bit earlier mm -hmm. but um when did you first come across the term non-binary and were you familiar with terms like gender fluid or gender queer mm -hmm. before you heard non-binary? Um, I think I heard non-binary in kind of like the, um, the spectrum because Rachel actually um, came out as like as non-binary but now Rachel actually just uses like she her pronouns so I kind of learned it from Rachel and um, and was like okay I'm gonna sit on that and think about it and Joe's not Mike so I have to I feel like I have to step in for Joe and be like valid yes. oh, yeah yeah so yeah so <laughs> you're always saying that yeah everything everyone and it's true yeah but I <laughs> not, every not everyone yeah <laughs> some people make bad choices mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I heard it from Rachel, um, and I think just being in, like, the social circles, like, in Grand Rapids and, like, on campus and stuff, I kind of just, like, slowly but surely, like, learned about, um, genderqueer, genderfluid, et cetera, et cetera, but non-binary always felt the best to me, personally, yeah, and what was the rest of the question? <laughs> oh, just, uh, sort of talking about your like coming to that term like yeah realizing do you can you like remember maybe like was there a specific thing for you that made you realize like maybe this is the most comfortable word or you just sort yeah. of came to it I think I just like thought about it for a couple of days because Rachel had um come out to me and was starting to use they them pronouns and then I think I thought about it maybe for like a month or so and was like, I think I might be too. And I can't remember if I had shaved my head. You know, sorry, I'm getting a little nasally. Um, I can't remember if I had shaved my head yet or not, but I think that it just kind of like dawned on me. Um, and within like drag too, like I, I wasn't really using um, Bio Queen anymore. I like stepped away from that and started using just like Drag Queen. Um, now I use drag artist because I think that's just like it's gender neutral and mm -hmm. you know um, but I don't yeah I don't think there was anything in particular that like made it click I think just realizing that like I don't 
I think hearing people say she, her when referring to me, I think maybe that's what did it, is, like, realizing, like, that just feels bad to me. Yeah. Um, and having people call me, like, Kaylee just feels kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Um, hearing other people, like, in college classes and stuff, hear them say she, her referring to me, maybe that, and realizing that, like, felt bad or, like, just weird to me, um, maybe that's what made me realize, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, Yeah. that's very relatable for me as well. Like, and I I understand, too, when people, I mean, obviously not everyone knows when coming upon a person does not know if you're gender neutral or, you know, the average Joe Schmo isn't gonna, like, isn't gonna know that, obviously, so I understand. Cis man on the street. Yeah, so... (laughs) I understand when people. I yes, um, I understand when people like use she/her. But the thing is, is even in public spaces too, I get he/him, I get she/her, I I don't usually get they/them unless they're my friends. Um, and maybe that was it too, because like in social situations, I got he/him too all the time, because I do have a lower voice for an AFAB person, I would say. So, like, through drive-thrus, when I'm in restaurants, I don't know why all of it relates to food, <laughs> but people would just be like, oh, sir, or, or when I'm on the phone, I've gotten it for years and years and years, just like, sir, you know, he, him, blah, blah, blah. Um, Was that sort of like a mm, feeling when that yeah. happened? I don't, I don't think I particularly care for he, him, or she, her. It doesn't really, I guess I wouldn't say it bothers me, but it... It doesn't, but it does. Yeah, it's not. I don't. I understand why people. I guess that's the thing is I that I'm going towards that I I understand why people say she, her, or he, him. I try to put myself in other people's shoes. That's not to say that like all gender neutral people are like that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I try to have a bit of compassion for other people that like yeah the regular joe schmo is not gonna know or is probably not using they them pronouns regularly so for me personally i it doesn't super bother me when like just a regular person use not a regular person you know what i mean (laughs) an average person but um yeah when someone who's not in my social circle uses he him or she her you know i i get it i get it you know so. And as always, we're just talking about our own personal experiences yes. on this show. Yes, this is my experience. I like it is uh, exclusive to me. Um, <laughs> if other people feel that way, obviously that's cool. And if you don't feel that way, that is also cool. So yeah, yeah, that's why we wanted to do yes. this. Get other people on here. Um. So yeah, relating to that sort of, uh, we kind of came up with. <laughs> this weird term called a uh, dysphoria buster okay. on the show as a joke. Um, but it's not a joke because it's yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> it started as a joke and then we realized how, how I, it was. Yeah. It was like too real. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you experience dysphoria, um, is there something that you do or wear, uh, anything at all that helps to alleviate that, mm-hmm. which like we refer to as like a dysphoria buster. Like for me, purchasing my first binder putting yeah. that on i was just like fuck everything yeah. i feel great yeah um i you know it's interesting i feel like so i'm in like a um a non-binary and like gender neutral like facebook group 
and a lot of folks talk about like dysphoria and yeah like basically dysphoria busters um and like yeah like i got my you know my first um my first binder my first like packer or whatever it is but i i gotta say i don't can you explain what like i i don't think i experience it because i really have a hard time understanding what it is maybe if you explain yeah, it maybe no, that's i'll like totally fine i um, think it's a little bit like everyone's experience with it is a little bit different okay because maybe i have i'm just like i have a hard time like understanding everyone's exp- i mean to my experience so far <laughs> in this life yeah. i have lived um everyone experiences it differently if they experience it i yeah. think like you could kind of compare it to like a like a nasty bad asmr where like you don't like not everyone has it yeah um okay, so maybe i don't but right. i'm like that, that well, yeah. that's that's why i specifically wanted to bring it up as a question because yeah. like not all trans people not all gender non-conforming people not all non-binary people experience uh gender dysphoria yeah um which is basically just that yeah, I think you like you kind of described it earlier when you were saying that uh, being referred to as Kaylee had like kind of like a eh yeah. feeling to you. Um, it's that on. I don't I don't know how to describe like to what level, but basically just a feeling of something not meshing with uh, how you feel, not meshing with what you were assigned. Yeah. Um, so for me, being referred to uh, by my dead name felt really bad. Being referred to as uh, she, her, mm-hmm. um, I mean, at a certain, I used that for like the first chunk of my life, mm-hmm. um, and I've got my own gender journey as we all do. Yeah. Um, but like at a certain point, I was like, this is this is not sitting right with me. This doesn't feel good. Um, there are times where my like. I don't have 24-7 dysphoria. Yeah. Like, for me, that's not what it is. Okay. I do believe that some people have that. Oh, I'm sure some people um, do, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, put words in another person's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for me, it comes in waves sometimes. I'll just have, like, a really horrible day where I, I just can't yeah. deal with myself, with uh, looking at myself, or nothing feels right yeah. about myself. Um, but that's just my personal experience with it. Joe, you're not mic'd, but I don't know if you want to... That's pretty similar to how I would probably describe my experience with it. Just okay. some days I'm just like, nope, I don't feel like this this body is right. And then some days I'm like, this is good. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's easier to, to like figure out what it is by figuring out what it isn't. Okay. So, like, if... I don't know, those moments where you can, like, actually remember feeling and pinpointing, like, oh, I feel really good in the gender right now. Yeah. And then you think about times where you felt the opposite of that, sort of. Okay. That's, like, if you're not sure how to identify what maybe your dysphoria manifests as. Okay. Yeah, some people, I I, I saw this recently. I'm going to, yeah, scoot a little bit closer. Yes. A little Uh. bit closer. (laughs) Podcast um, right. Yeah, me. And this is something that we might talk about later on the show, like in a full episode. Just like some, not even just like all people will have gender dysphoria, but some people like just never feel gender euphoria. Yeah, uh, that's think, that's what I was going for. Yeah, okay. Thank and you. I think, um, yeah, I think that's also like valuable to think about, just like in terms of 
how people experience gender. Just, like, not even necessarily, like, everything's bad and I need it to be better. Just, like, how can I be the, how can it feel the best for me? Right, yeah, that's, and that's something that we have talked about, I think, a little bit before. Um, And I love that concept so much because it's such a much more pleasant way of, like, going about thinking of your own, like, gender journey. Like, how can I be the best me? How can I be the most comfortable me? Yeah. Gender. Yeah, Um, I guess then, yeah, probably just, like, when people say, like, Kaylee or, like, she, her, I think that that's probably, like, the only thing that I can think of. I think, um, well, when I made that Facebook status, I was just, like, thinking about, like, yeah, like, I just, I don't feel like Kaylee, I guess. And I think that, like, I I will, you know, I can be called that in person. I'll answer to it, you know. But there's something weird about, like, because, like, Kaylee feels like she, her. You know what I mean? That just feels like she, her to me. Um, And maybe, like, I think I talked about in that post that, like, it feels like Kaylee is, like, my you know, before I came out as gender neutral and like that is like that's Kaylee, like that she her Kaylee. Like a retired um, character almost. Yeah, almost, yeah. And like to me, like in my present self I don't feel like Kaylee. I'll answer to it, but I just don't feel like Kaylee, I guess. So um I don't know if I necessarily like I've never experienced or I've never um tried a binder or anything. Um, so I guess not anything, um, that's a dysphoria buster for me, um, because I think that when I'm in drag, like, I do love, like, hyper femininity, I love it for drag, um, I am obsessed with drag, if you couldn't tell, (laughs) um, I have been obsessed with drag since, like, eighth grade, so I do love, like, the illusion, like, the hourglass figure and shit, which I'm just around, I'm this way around, um, but I, I think, um, that, like, for me, even, um, having my breasts, like, I can, I don't, okay, here maybe is a, a, a breast, um, here is a breast, here is a breast, (laughs) here is a, um, dysphoria buster that, like, um, I don't wear bras anymore that, um, are like cup bras that like accentuate cleavage. I wear like sports bras now that kind of flatten out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would that be a dysphoria buzz? I mean, you, you don't. It's not a test. Yeah. You don't have to have an answer. <laughs> I don't. So I guess that probably is the thing for me. Um, I don't personally. I'm not. I guess I'm not bothered by my chest, um, but I also have a lot of boob, so there's there's a lot there to work with. So um, I guess I like having the availability when I need it for drag. Boob on demand. Yes, literally. Um, and I, but I also sometimes I think about like God, how great it must be to have like. Um, to be someone that has no breast and be able to throw on a chest plate, mm-hmm. that must be great because you literally have like the perfect cleavage. Like, that sounds wonderful to me. I really wish that I could do that. Assuming you're starting with like a super flat, yeah, like AMAB chest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. 
yeah, I sometimes I wish in drag I could just throw on a chest plate and like or a breastplate, excuse me, a chest plate. Um, I could, on guard. Yes, <laughs> yes. Have my hilt. Um, yeah, have a a breastplate on um, for drag. I feel like that would be really nice. So yeah, maybe the instead of wearing a cup bra, wearing a a sports bra, flatten it out a bit. Um, I mean, hey, yeah. that's. I, I didn't have a lot to be flattening down to begin with, yeah. but when Ooh, I put yeah. my binder on, I was still like, pew, 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 yes. pew, fuck a tip, pew, pew. Ah, <laughs> yes. I know, I feel like it's it's hard because there's, there's a lot here, so... Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not bothered by it, but Rachel has binders for drag, um, and that works pretty well for her, so... Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, do you have any advice for those of us thems who haven't started playing around with makeup, mm -hmm. but are thinking about it, maybe feeling a little shy? Anything you can recommend for dipping your toes? Mm -hmm. um, for daily makeup or for drag? Oh, either. Whatever. Either. Whatever you want to share. Um, I would say, like, if you are non-binary um, or are suspecting that you might be a, a they them um, <laughs> expecting a them yeah expecting yes if you are expecting a they um, if you are expecting yourself to be a they um, I would say and you want to get into makeup daily or drag makeup um, especially if you're budget friendly I would say just like go to the drugstore and just get like um, maybe research like Wet n Wild is a good like drugstore brand that has like they have a lot of great products. I use a lot of Wet n Wild. Um, of course, I have some higher end brands or like you know drag associated brands of makeup. Of course, but I would definitely say just like you don't have to start with like a humongous makeup kit. I built, you know, my collection of makeup over a long period of time. Um, I would say just go to the drugstore and just like, you know, pick up some tried and true, like NYX Cosmetics is relatively cheap. They've got great products, wet and wild. Um, and I would say just like, you know, try a little bit here, try a little bit there, you know. Um, for daily makeup, of course, just like try a little mascara, see how that feels. You know, maybe get a taupe eyeshadow and fill in your eyebrows, see how that feels. Uh, you know, draw on a mustache, see how that feels. Like, just do a little bit. It doesn't have to be the whole face at once, because, God forbid, I cannot do daily makeup. I just, I cannot do it like the just like regular contouring and stuff because my mind is so much on drag. Like <laughs> I want to put like Nike stripes on my face and like, you know what just I mean? Just do it. Yeah. Yes. I literally, that's all I want to do is like make it. Cause my, my mind is thinking like, let's do it as harsh as possible for, or as um, deep and dark for, you know, for drag makeup. I, I can't do like light and airy and natural. Um, go back. No, no. Oh my God. I'm like throwing like dark pink contour on, like blending it out. Um, yeah, I would say just like pick up a couple like, um, low cost products and just like play around. Um, I would not like dive in and like, you know, spend a hundred dollars or more on a kit right off the bat. Just like, 
I've seen a couple good things, you know. Can you recommend a good makeup remover? Um, I personally use coconut oil. Are you asking personally or? I'm asking for anyone who puts on some eyeliner and then goes, oh my God, oh my God, oh my okay. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, I personally, for like the whole face, I usually use coconut oil because okay. it's like, it's, it's, um, soft on the skin. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like chemicals, like, you know, like basically like a magic eraser on your face. Right. Um, but if you're just doing, yeah, if you just like fuck up your eyeliner a little bit, um, just like a general like makeup wipe is probably going to be your best bet. Or, um, I think it's like micellar water. Oh yeah, that's you could do really that. Good. Yeah, with like a Q-tip and like because you could save product that way. Like obviously, if you just need to correct your eyeliner, I wouldn't take a whole wipe. But right. But yeah, just a little Q-tip and micellar water. Just nice. do that. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna write that down for myself. Uh, yeah. Coconut oil. Yeah. Um, but ma taking off my drag makeup, I usually use a combination of micellar water, um, makeup wipes, and coconut oil and then I wash my skin with charcoal soap and then mm. moisturize with coconut oil so there's a lot of Ooh. coconut oil involved um, but I'm gonna go wash my face now that sounds so nice <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> I know I'm trying to be better about like um about washing my face in the evenings and it's it's kind of working I don't know if my skin looks any better but your skin looks great thanks um you should have seen it last week <laughs> not that great um uh makeup though for drag so if you, it's a little bit more tricky for drag so mm -hmm. um if you want to get into drag that is great and I highly suggest it because it's amazing um, I would say invest in a good theatrical foundation. So go to your local costume store. Like I, if you're in Grand Rapids or adjacent, I recommend the costume room um, in, I don't know if it's technically Kentwood or if it's still Grand Rapids. Um, but, and that's spelled with a K on Whoa. the costume room. Yeah. Um, and they have... <laughs> don't I think, go to the one spelled with a C. Yes. Oh I think they've got um, Mayron. So, like, the three big brands for, like, theatrical foundation are Ben Nye, Mayron, and Krylon. And I believe that costume room has Ben Nye and... Krylon, I think, or it might be Mayron. I don't know. I use Ben Nye, so. Okay. Um, I would say invest in a good contour, highlight, and um, foundation color, so um, get matched locally, you know, in the costume store. Um, but I've heard of people using, like, drugstore brands and stuff. You can do drag on a dime, um, but if you're going to invest in, like, a good product, I would say, like, spend, you know, the 5 to $10 on, like, a good theatrical foundation because it's actually going to stick through sweat and, mm -hmm. you know, and dancing and performing. Right. Um, but basically everything after that is just, like, go hog wild in the drugstore. Like, you can use NYX, you can use Wet n' Wild, you can use whatever um, brand. I have a, a ton of Wet n' Wild and NYX, you know, products. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, those are both inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. And I think those are both uh, a bit I think those are both available in the USA and probably like North America in general. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't know outside of that. I'm but. not sure. Yeah. I believe Wet and Wild is available in Europe. 
I think Nick's yeah, I think Nick's is like worldwide, but I I like both of them. Um, I was also in Nick's Face Awards uh, yes, you this were. year. Yeah, I only made it to the top thirty, but still, I felt pretty That's happy. That's amazing. About it. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm a Nick's bitch, but um, <laughs> I really like Nick's products. Not sponsored. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I would say just like even like in the grocery store, you know, you can find good products like in the makeup aisle. Um, it's really for drag. It's not about like the product. It's about the placement. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like uh, Trixie Mattel just like put up a video like last week or something that was, and her makeup is very intense. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. A bit, yeah. Yeah. A she's, <laughs> she's the one that's like, like Trixie Mattel, like the um, Barbie doll kind of. Mm-hmm. And her contour is like down here and Oof. like blended up. It is like, drag but like up here her makeup is like absolutely crazy um in a good way it like fits her but she put up a video on youtube like last week or something of her doing her makeup with just drugstore products and it looked great so like that's cool yeah just practice just uh watch a lot of youtube videos on like um, and even for me, when I was finding my drag face, I was like Frankensteining other people's faces together. So I was like, I like that eye on that person. I like this nose contour on this person, mm-hmm. like this lip shape. And I would just kind of like, again, that drawing thing, I'd try to draw it and translate it on my face. So it's just a bit of like figuring out like the placement of product and how you want to accentuate or change like your face shapes with with contour and highlight and stuff so yeah just invest in a good theatrical foundation and everything else is fair game you know (laughs) from there basically so well cool yeah um all right well thank you so much for joining us and for taking time out of your schedule to be our first uh third person on the show yes Interview wise. First, third person. You, yes. heard, you heard me. I heard. You heard me, and that's what's up. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, so where can our listeners find you? On the great, Ooh, on the great wide web. I have like a scroll that I like whoosh. Um, they do. There yes, it is. Yes, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my CV. Uh, it's pretty long. Um, well, I have on my CV too. I probably don't need to list every single drag show I've ever done. I like that you do. But I do. So I appreciate it. It's it's long. It's long. And for every um, one of me telling you I appreciate it, there's 13 other people out there online who appreciate it. Well, As the saying goes. Yes. Um, excuse me. Well, you can look at my website, which is www.decayley.com. Um, my podcast with my twin is Art as a Drag Podcast, which is wherever you can find podcasts, I'm probably on there. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at decayley underscore Salem Massacre. Uh, you can add me on Facebook. It's just Decaley, Decaley, and then in parentheses, it's Salem Massacre. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, NSFW Fest. You can follow NSFW Fest on Facebook or Instagram at NSFW Fest, just one word. 
Um, and then the Art is a Drag podcast Instagram is at Art is a Drag podcast, all one word. So got a lot of social media. Yeah, it's a I I can't run all of this shit. I've given that duty to Rachel. So like, <laughs> I I can't like edit the podcast and like run a festival and run social media. So I was like, you can just do all that. I can't handle all of this. So. Um, yeah, and if you want to book a drag show, if you need entertainment in Michigan, um, you can email me, decaylee.salemmassacre at gmail.com, I think. I have a Facebook page for Artist Drag Productions. I'm all over the place, you're as just, you can see. You're out there. I got, I got, like, a Facebook page, basically, for my Instagram-adjacent shit. So, if you follow me on Instagram, like, <laughs> I've got the same shit on Facebook. And if you don't have an Instagram, I'm on Facebook, so. Fair enough. Yeah. So, the big ones, Artist Drag Podcast, Decaylee.com, NSFW Fest. Yeah. 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 To sum it up. So... <laughs> Well, thank you so much again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And until next month, I think the, that's all they found. Yep. So, Rain, where could people find you on the internet? <laughs> well, Joe, I hope they don't find me because I've cast a spell of illusion. But if they need to get a hold of me, what you if they can roll find a 20 at- on their perception check? If you roll a 20 on your perception check, then you can type in at small, small witch and a whole bunch of nonsense regarding me will come up on various social media platforms, on various social media platforms, websites, and more. I can't believe it. I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Etsy, and this podcast network. <laughs> Neat. Why does Nervous Rex come up? It's like the fifth thing because, when you uh, me. Because you did the art. I'm not even on that You show. did the art. I know, but I'm... Your, your website I mean, and your handle are in the, the description because you did the art. Right now, if you if you Google my handle, the first thing that comes up is me tweeting, Cat jumps on my lap as I'm peeing. What brings you here? <laughs> I need to do Surely some Surely that's tweets. not your that's most not recent right. tweet. <laughs> it's definitely not. Just my most popular, I guess. Guess so. Anyways, I'm Rain Clark or at Small Small Witch on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nervous <laughs> Rex is down here though. It is. It sure is. It's like number five. Strange. You found the RSS feed for Nervous Rex, a neon gen Evangelion retrospective. <laughs> Alright. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O. Um, and also Instagram, not that it really matters for what I do online. And I do a couple other podcasts, such as the aforementioned Nervous Rex, where we talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, every other Thursday. I am rewatching it. My friend Chris is watching it for the first time, and I enjoy our conversations about it. Uh, you can find <laughs> it on the same network as this at theorangegroves.com. Uh, and you should just check out all the different shows on there. They're good. There's so many good ones. It's great. And uh, most days of the week, there's a new one so episode i mean and then there's not show there's patreon content too also that yeah if you support the orange Ghost patreon at the two dollar level you get uh cut content stuff that's cut out of shows um just like side non sequitur stuff there's uh usually quite a bit from this show uh but uh <laughs> uh yeah you can you can get all that in the backlog for the past almost year of the network's existence Woo-hoo. Um, at, at the two dollar level yeah extra life is going to be uh close to our year celebration 
and um Very it's definitely a year of me planning it i started planning it in like october of last year um wow. but uh also at the ten dollar level is the there's some bonus shows up there um and uh like the the pokemon sorting show and also test pilots which come every now and then uh but yeah that's all there for you to dig into if you haven't and if you already are thank you so much uh, it allowed us to do that giveaway a couple months ago yes thank you helps helps other people get uh you know art paid for and uh just other stuff i think i've uh, also music sometimes too but yeah cool thank you um i think that's it what's our what's our cute jokey do we have a new one or is <laughs> it ask, still <laughs> you ask me every month and i always uh study for a few minutes and then say the same thing something along the lines of that's all they them. that's all they them gender if you got them <laughs> Reach for the sky. <laughs> Wait, no, that's that's Toy Story. Beware the false balance. <laughs> that should be our new one. <laughs> it is at least this month. Well, until next month, look out for wizards <laughs> and, and and gender if you got them. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Marn, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and this is my Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. 